Lots of cars driving fast, speeding round the track Nobody beeps cause he ain't got horns, but ain't got tires that fall apart At least they've got the F1 club to cheer them all along And put in all their antics in a podcast and a song Podcast and a song Yes! <laughs> We've made it to three podcasts now. Woohoo! Right? Yeah. It's quite extraordinary. Welcome to uh, podcast number three, uh, which is brought to you in association with Beck's and Cheesy Knickknacks, although neither of them know it. No, exactly. We hope to uh, receive several packets and cans of beer and crisps. That's Beck's and Cheesy Knickknacks. Yeah. Right. Qualifying. Qualifying. <laughs> right. So, Formula One arrives in China. Possibly the country with the worst human rights record out of the, on the entire season. Uh, yeah, only Go- just. I'm sure that uh, we're about to hit something even more uh, yeah. eye-opening this weekend. But yeah. um, Looking back through the, uh, the hazy fog of the previous week, I think that the biggest story of the whole thing was how competitive the Mercedes team were. That was pretty much the only story from qualifying. I mean, everyone expects to see the Mercedes, uh, the McLaren team seem to an easy one-two grid position. But finally... We saw a team that could go up against them and thrash them quite hard, actually. And not only that, but of course, Vettel not making it. Oh, that was a that was a beautiful moment, wasn't it? I think everybody watching Formula One at home laughed <laughs> <laughs> and took great pleasure in the. Well, you know, when they go to that team radio bit. Mm. Um, why do they never play what's obviously the funny team radio stuff, which would be team radio Vettel and Vettel just freaking out, probably calling everybody various vegetables in the garage at that point. Yeah, so Vettel didn't make it uh, past the first part of qualifying. He didn't, but Rosberg put in a stunning performance. In the final part. Yeah, it was a 1 minute 35.1, I think. Yeah, let's just call it that. But um, the bit that put a smile on my face was when Schumacher, still trying to set a fastest lap, radioed into the team to get Nico's time. And when he heard it back, he was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So at that point, he realised he was always going to be Rosberg's rear gunner. And how magnanimous of Hamilton to be uh, so happy not to be on pole. Yeah, because he his, took it well, his, didn't he? Yeah. Very um, different Hamilton we're seeing. Yeah, yeah. although maybe that was because he'd done his maths and realised what he needed to be leading the championship. So yeah, he seems to, his company line at the minute seems to be consistency. Yeah, definitely. Rather than winning. Yeah, and it's worked for people in the past, you know, not winning many races, picking up the podiums. And, it, and Alonso, a couple of years ago, everyone thought he was a nutter halfway through the season when he said... Oh uh, yeah, I can win the championship. I just need to like get third the next seven races and I'll win. And everyone's like, uh, I don't know. But then he was in with a shout at the end. Yeah. So Hamilton looks, he's in a good position. It's definitely uh, not the kind of foot down, let's crash into massa kind of character he was last year. <clears throat> so yeah, he's doing very well, doing very well. Kobayashi, worthy of a mention, I think. Why was that? He got third. Well, he was fourth, but he got moved up to third. So we had a Sauber third on the grid, which is very exciting. And I think Kobayashi needed it as well because the Perez media machine had pretty much wiped him out of all like existence. Yeah. So it put him back on the map, which was good. And that was the only other really exciting thing, I think. There was no... I think you're right. It was all about the Mercedes and poor, poor old Sebastian. Poor old Sebastian. Race? <laughs> right, the start of the race. Uh, I found it very amusing because when I watched it back earlier today I saw something that I didn't notice 
the Go first on. time around. Well, you know I love HRT. Yeah. You know. Oh, God. But, I forgot they were in the, the uh, that, that round <laughs> In Formula and, One? Yeah. <laughs> you, watch, you watch the HRTs at the beginning of this race. The, the commentators never mentioned it. I never saw any anyone online talk about it. But literally, when the cars pulled away from the start, when the lights went green, the HRT... Don't tell me. They were in reverse. They didn't get the message for about another five seconds. <laughs> and he just saw like everyone going. They're just like parked there. And then eventually... <laughs> Like they're trying to drive my dad's old like Vauxhall Astra like from the 80s. Eventually they like chug away from the line. But both of them together at equally slow speed. It's just, it was, Do you it, think one was uh, giving the other one a jump start or something? I think possibly. I think, I don't know what was going on. I think they've got a latency problem with their like, throttle and brake. It's like, right, go. It's funny you should mention that. It wasn't until I was watching the race back and just jotting down the positions and that. And you get into the bottom of the list and go, oh, yeah, 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 no, that's right, HRT. I completely forgot. I haven't watched the race. Yeah. Because they didn't scupper anybody's race this week, there was no mention of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let alone any sight of them. Yeah, message for HRT. If you're going to stay in Formula One, you've got to keep smashing people yeah. out of the way. Otherwise, <laughs> what's the point? There's no point. All news is good news. Yeah. But um, other things, that well, I mean, Rosberg tore away. From the pack. Yeah. It was just freakish. Almost. A perfect start after a perfect qualifying. Yep. Uh, Button moved up to third. Oh, he did? He got a good start. Uh, poor old Kobayashi's uh, moment of glory didn't last very long. He yeah, did. in fact, it was quite a good start, wasn't it? And testament to Nico is how fast he was, because it looked like a good start for the front of the pack. But then there was just this Exocet missile yeah. that disappeared before the first corner. Most people seem to get away very well, but Rosberg... On another planet. We had uh, Hamilton got up to an early fifth from his. Where did he start? He was seventh, wasn't he? But uh, maintaining the amusing form from qualifying, Vettel continued to go backwards. And I think he was running around in 15th place. 15th he was, yeah. yeah. I think still in the first lap. Yeah, yeah. I think it, like the caterums <laughs> were giving him trouble at the beginning. Like, this is sweet. I couldn't hope for it to be any better than that, really. And other big news. Grosjean yeah. makes it to a second lap. Yeah, incredible. Like he'd only actually in total, he's only done four laps before this Grand Prix this season. So uh, yeah, I think they were popping uh, champagne and doing laps of honour in the Lotus Garage when he got to five laps. Yeah, and he did actually make it through to the chequered flag, didn't he? Yeah, he done extraordinarily well. Where did he finish in the end? Was he f- um, jumping uh, sixth? Sixth. Well done, Grosjean. That's pretty good work. Well done, mate. You finally learnt how to park the car. After the check of flight. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, other people park in the car though. At the first round of pit stops, I mean, I think Weber led the charge. He came in first of all, pitted early. All the other teams had to follow suit, but poor old Schumacher. Okay. And how unfortunate because the rest of the world saw what was going on. Me and you were yeah. sat there and we saw the hand waving and hitting the ground. It was so obvious. It was another, it was like watching Button with his nuts last year <laughs> all over again <laughs> driver's nuts and then it was only a matter of time once he went out and we were just sat there going I don't think those wheels are on properly and it was only a matter of time really and, until he had to park that one yeah driver's always the last to know aren't yeah. they? <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude sat in his armchair at home it's all gone wrong then the maybe, commentator uh, figures it out maybe this is something for uh, Bernie's suggestion box later that uh, oh, maybe we'll do it now Bernie's suggestion box it's Bernie's Suggestion Box, Bernie's Suggestion Box is a bunch of ways to improve your race from auto now to rock their faces, Bernie's Suggestion Box. Okay, so maybe instead of spending all his time and energy 
trying to work out a way of having sprinklers to liven up the F1. Bernie should actually get some software developers on board so that the armchair technicians at home can communicate with the pit lane. We could send something through on an iPad going, I think you've dropped something there, or maybe you want to tighten that up a little bit. And they'll have a screen in the pit lane. They go, yeah, Dave, I don't think you've tightened the nuts enough. We're getting a message through from Richie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think definitely a good idea. Yeah, why not? That's better than my idea, which is going to be um squirty water gun in the middle of the steering wheel for people that you don't like. Bernie's it's Bernie's Suggestion Box, Baloney's Suggestion Box It's a bunch of ways to improve your race from all time now to rock their faces Bernie's Suggestion Box So, Raikkonen and Hamilton side by side as they're exiting the pits mm, on oh lap yeah. 11 Was Raikkonen supposed to yield um, and is to abreast out of the pit lane acceptable? I mean they say that once you're out of your actual pit it's the racetrack again so you can Yeah Normally, if they call it like the unsafe release from the pit stop, and normally they lay it on quite thick if a bat marker team has done it. But if, yeah, as long yeah, as it's which, which is what <laughs> kind of confused okay. me. I mean, it seemed, it didn't seem unsafe. I think if Carter Kane had been the one, then you'd be kind of going, ah, what the hell is yeah, he doing? Yeah, but because it was Raikkonen and Hamilton, you kind of go, yeah, they're racing. I think Coulthard said during the race, like, the pit lane is part of the racetrack, so I think you can race people down there. But what happens because it's <laughs> like mechanics it, it flying kind of, yeah, but it sort of bottlenecks, doesn't it, before you rejoin yeah. the actual track? So also, is there a is there any kind of rule is, that says that once you've reached the end of the pit lane and it does bottleneck, that someone does have to yield, or can you just try and squeeze yourselves through? Well, in, until you reach the white line at the end of the pit lane, you're all on pit lane limiters, so you're kind of in autopilot, really. So yeah. you're both doing exactly the same speed. So I never realised with that, with the limiter, obviously you can't go above, what was it, 80 kilometres an hour or whatever it is. Yeah. So being on the limiter, is that once you've hit the limiter, you can't go slower either? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, what, to like feed back in or whatever? Yeah. yeah. As soon as they hit the line. Because Ra- Raikkonen, what was he thinking? Surely he wasn't thinking, I can have this guy before we uh, <laughs> rejoin the track. Because they're on the limiter, so you can't have him before you rejoin the track. Yeah, because he's holding like side by side. But yeah. the moment the, the, the limiter got turned off, he was like, yeah, and he, yeah. Like, he pulled back behind him. So I do like a bit of pit lane uh, yeah. racing, but it's only a matter of time before something very amusing that we can talk about <laughs> in the podcast happens. So having rejoined the race from that pit stop, uh, Raikkonen was then head-to-head doing the sidecar racing with Weber. Raikkonen is, I'm learning, good, aggressive Driver. Yeah, Weber, he does pull off some like really ballsy overtaking moves. And we've seen a lot, especially over recent years. I mean, his uh, Alonso moment at Spa last year. Which that was, was incredible. He says, it's like, you are a psycho, mate. Lap 26, Hamilton was caught behind Magneto. Oh, God. Yeah, I remember this moment. He came out the pits, didn't he, Hamilton? And he was behind Massa again. There must have been a moment where we thought, well, there was a moment where we thought, here we go again. I think the pair of them think that as well, don't they? And they just, when they, when they approach each other, they're like, oh man, not again. So, but like Hamilton, the new Hamilton that we're seeing this year, he was very cautious and the overtaking movie put on him in the end was not a last minute half-hearted dash down the inside yeah. and then like to hell with the consequences. 
Massa's getting pretty good at getting overtaken now, I guess. So he's getting Massa's getting really good at not being very good, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Him and the HRTs are amazing. <laughs> Maybe that's going to be his next year's drive. Yeah, HRT have probably got their eye firmly on it. In fact, they probably have. To be fair, I mean, if he still wants to be in Formula One, yeah, there would be a perfect team for him. God, that would be a pretty sad end, wouldn't it? Is our podcast starting to sound like a witch hunt for Felipe Massa? Well, it's us and pretty much everyone else in F1. <laughs> they're after him so lap 37 and Mark Webber gets his air for the end of season montage that clip you will definitely see that holy cow yeah. what is it with that man and leaving the track <laughs> what is it with that man and montage and he's not montage Webber I mean a couple of years ago he flipped the car which is like very so that was the montage that was just incredible moment. how he walked away from that but luckily I mean he pulled his wheelie this time round and managed to continue racing at the end of the race he said he was trying to conserve his front tyres <laughs> pretty good but, but the amazing thing was having done that uh, he still finished fourth? I mean, he got overtaken by... Um, that was a good Hamilton overtake, actually. He was on Webber towards the end. Mm. And then Webber took uh, Vettel, didn't he? As yeah. As a final little kind of finger to just, the man who had been destroyed. Yeah. Just to, like... In end. qualifying and that slip back at the start. Although he did regain his place after that. But coming up towards the end, Vettel was in second, wasn't he? And then, mm. and then Button took him and Hamilton and then his teammates... Sweet Webbo. Yeah. Apparently, at the end of the race on the team radio, he had a bit of a bluey, which I haven't heard. But um, I think he might be on the official F1 like uh, race edit. Oh right. And in the race, he was going on about not having any straight line speed, and apparently, the only cars slower than the Red Bull in a straight line are the Marishas and the HRTs. Wow, that's yeah. got to be a kick in the teeth for Newey, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, the Red Bulls have never been historically fast cars in a straight line. They can go around corners like twice as fast as everyone else, which is why they always yeah. kind of won races. But if they've got a car that's not fast around corners and really slow on the straights, then that's going to be a hard hard one to get around for them, I think. Wow. Yeah, So, and I think he had a bit of a teary moment afterwards. But <laughs> that's losing, dude. You know? Yeah, get used to it. No one's lost harder than me and Wag. We know, oh, God, <laughs> we know yeah. how losing feels. Yeah, have you heard of the infidels? <laughs> no, neither of anybody else. <laughs> neither of we. <laughs> Button was a contender for a possible first. He possibly could have caught up with Rosberg up until the 39th lap where he had his nine-second pit stop. Yeah. After which things went uh, from bad to worse. Well, no, they didn't go from bad to worse, but they were pretty bad at that point. Yeah, I mean, it was looking fairly unlikely for him to do much at that point. Yeah. But what, what went wrong in the pit? They couldn't get, what was it, the, le- the left rear... The left rear tyre off. Rear. Historically a tricky tyre. Is it? Is it the trickiest? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> See, it seems to be. So there was no way. I mean, it was kind of touch and go really before. But he could have pulled out some button wizardry yeah. before that. You can never count him out, can you? But uh, six seconds longer than it should have taken him. That was not a good thing. Yeah. And where I, don't, I can't remember where he sort of slipped back in after that. Because the, um, the whole grid is so tightly packed this season, I think he fell back into like a load of... Because there's that massive train of cars. That's right. Oh, towards, the end of the, towards the end of the race, like last time. It was you... like they were all doing the conga around the track, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was Everybody insane. holding the man in front's waist. You had like Raikkonen in second, holding up Button, holding up Weber, Hamilton, a couple of Williams cars were in there. It's like a long train of cars. It and... looked incredible. When you had those trains and when they were, especially when they were like three abreast as well, sometimes. Yeah, coming down that long back straight. It was, it was like, incredible oh. to watch. And um, it was good to see, like, I think it was Senna in the Williams hounding down Vettel. And you're like, 
It's good, to, it's good to see a Williams doing that that kind of stuff. Oh. And we were all gearing ourselves up for a, like a Riken on the podium moment, which would be like mud in oh. the eye to Schumacher after his comeback, going, "I just want to be." On yeah. But unfortunately, Raikkonen got pushed wide onto the marbles, and that just wrecked his tyres, and it was all over for him. He was looking really good, wasn't he? Yeah, and he pulled a massa. Lap 48, that's where Vettel took Raikkonen. And within the space of one lap, he had lost pretty much about 10 places or something. Yeah, he was flying backwards. It was... happened so suddenly, didn't it? I mean, I guess he pushed his tyres to the limit. Yeah. He was lucky. Where did he come in? He... Oh. Uh, 14th, okay. <laughs> it could have been worse. <laughs> Not much worse. <laughs> I think this is what comes from um, coming back to Formula One, first experience of the Pirelli tyres and hearing a lot about this falling off the cliff business mm. and then it really is as bad as that. <laughs> yeah, because you can sort of see when it starts to happen that they have slightly less grip or suddenly, if they're crazy enough to actually drive it up to the cliff and drive it over the cliff, mm. man, that's a quick decline, isn't it? Yeah, and then he was he was effectively out of it. Like yeah. Grosjean went past him, Williams, everyone, HRTs, not quite. But it was close. And then from there on in, it was kind of Rosberg was 20 seconds in the distance. Ros- basically, after the beginning of the race, there was nothing more to report on Rosberg, was there? It was no. like, what a great start he's made. And, and that was it. You heard nothing more of him really yeah. until the end. Yeah. And I think even when the Red Bulls were really dominant, I think Courtard said about this as well at the end, that even the Red Bulls weren't able to disappear into the distance quite like that. I mean, maybe they were mm. ma- managing their whole race a bit. It makes you wonder... They say that the um, the cold temperatures helped the Mercedes not wreck its tyres. Mm. And that was key to Rosberg winning the race. But if they overcome the heat issue, then that's got to be the fastest car by some way on the grid. It'd be interesting in the Bahrain. Yeah, where the track temperature is saying is pretty f- much going to be double what it yeah, was. Possibly on fire, literally. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Could Rosberg be in the shell or even Schumacher? Who knows? It'd be, it'd be interesting to see, but... From there on in, like, Rosberg took, for his first win, a very easy win. Followed home by Button, Jensen Button and third place was Lewis, Lewis Hamilton, the happiest third place man. Very <laughs> happy, yeah. Still beaming in the press conference afterwards, usually for third place. Although he didn't start on pole, did he? So I suppose it's when he starts on pole and comes in third. Yeah, that's going to And say. he had his uh, penalty, didn't he, because of his gearbox anyway. So yeah. he started in seventh got through to third, leads the championship. McLaren are looking really good, aren't they? They've got nothing to complain about at the minute. No, I know, it's all looking good. I mean, even um, a lot of people I speak to still think Jensen's in with a, a shout of winning the champ- championship. I mean, he's only two points behind Lewis. So. Why wouldn't he be, Rich? Yeah, he's in, he's, well, <laughs> I like Jensen. I just I just can't believe he'd ever beat... I mean, he did beat Lewis Hamilton once, didn't he? I can't believe he beat him again. Continuing with our Massa witch hunt, um, lap 50, there was a nice shot uh, when I was watching back the highlights of all the top runners battling it out against each other uh, on the racing track. And then if you just looked over into the pit lane, there was this little lonely red car dawdling down and it looked as if he was in a retail park. Maybe he thought he was in a retail park. I do think Ferrari are thinking of other jobs for Felipe. Once, <laughs> I mean, the driving's not working out. What else could he do? Sell the T-shirts? Just one more thing about Jensen. Could he really have expected anything more than second... I don't think so. I think in the, in the uh, press conference at the end, he was pulling the old, um, oh, the pit stop held me back and could have chased him down to the end. Who knows what might have happened? 
I think it's very unlikely that he would have. I think so. He was in. A, he wasn't the fastest car. He he drove a good race, but um, it was Rosberg's really all the way to the end. And that was the race. Right, I've got something for us to check out, Wag. I was in the pub with a friend of ours, Bones, mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, and um, a member of F One Club, not that you'd yeah. know because he uh, he's yet to turn up this year. Yeah, <laughs> but um, like like all the other members of F One Club. <laughs> True. Um, not naming names. How? But he <laughs> he told us we should check something out that I've never noticed before, and he'd never noticed before. But a friend of him pointed out. Okay. Apparently. Rosberg has a mutated ear. I have actually seen this, but because of the kind of society we live in these days, I didn't see it necessary to point and go mutant like Bones has done. Yeah, well, shall we... But we should check it out now that he has pointed and gone mutant. Okay. Wow! Bones, you're mental. He's got a perfectly normal ear. He looks better when he's got longer hair and the hair is covering the ears, admittedly, but they're not mutant. They're certainly not like Kiefer Sutherland's who look like his ears have been stuck on upside down. Oh, really? I've never checked out Kiefer Sutherland's ear. Let's check out Kiefer Sutherland's ear. We'll be back. (laughs) So those are properly mental ears, Wagger. Mutant. Yeah, full on. That's more like it. Okay. Good. Uh, I've got one more. Bernie's Suggestion Box Baloney It's Bernie's Suggestion Box Baloney Suggestion Box It's a bunch of ways to improve your race From auto to rock their faces Bernie's Suggestion Box Here's one for Bernie Don't hold your race in a war zone But if you're going to hold your race in a war zone Then to make it much more fun Because war zones need to be more fun mm. Why not soup your cars up So they look more like scythe chariots with the blades coming out the wheels. Oh, right, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, no, I think definitely for this race. For Just race. for this race. This goes back to the whole, Bernie, tell it how it is. Don't tell people you're going to a peaceful region for a race. Tell them you're going into a war zone, and as such, you need to equip the cars to deal with that mm. and uh, attach blades to the wheels. Yeah, Mad Max style. Yeah, I think that's what yeah exactly. Exaggerate the fact and celebrate the fact that you're going somewhere very unpeaceful. So Formula One's going to Bahrain, shock horror. Um, lots of different opinions and views on the decision of Formula One going to Bahrain. Hang right. on, hang on, before we do anything else. Bernie's suggestion box baloney. It's Bernie's suggestion box baloney. Suggestion box is a bunch of ways to improve your race from auto now to rock their faces. Bernie's suggestion box. Sorry, Richie, you were starting to get quite serious. <laughs> and uh, I realised that we hadn't uh, identified out of Bernie's suggestion box. Yeah, sorry, I, I was getting too carried Go away. on. Um, yeah, Wag. Uh, do you have any views on this Bahrain thing? Yeah, they shouldn't do it, but I understand why they think they have to do it. I'm guessing that there is so much money tied up in Formula One with that region. It, w- would that be a fair comment? I mean, I don't know. You'd know better than me. Well, they don't like to publicise it that much, but a lot of the McLaren They're not team... short of a coin or two there, are they, basically? No. And they do like their F1. Well, yeah, it's a money game before it's almost a political game, I think. There's so much Bahraini money in uh, McLaren. I think they've got to appease their kind of investors over there. I know a lot of Ferrari money comes from that part of the world as well. Yeah, I mean, put it this way. If this was the Turkish Grand Prix then it would be a no-brainer, wouldn't it, really? If there was unrest in Turkey, if people were being slayed in the streets and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, I know that there isn't a race there anymore, but using that as a as a uh, case in point, that it would be a no-brainer. There's no way that you would take 
your yeah. your F one circus there, but it's surely the fact that there is just so much cash. And would it cripple F one if they didn't go there? Well, they didn't last year though, did they? No, but last year it was um, the Bahraini government and sporting authority that cancelled the race, which meant that Bernie got to keep the money. Yeah. And I think maybe they were banking on something similar happening this year. Yeah, so, so I guess that's the thing, isn't it? That he can't he can't be the one to pull out. He has to wait for them yeah. to tell him that it's unsafe. They're all looking at someone else to do the cancelling for them. Like the drivers are saying, like, we don't have any control. The teams are saying, we're just the teams. We're contracted to do it. Bernie says, we take the money from Bahrain. Unless they cancel it, we'll show up. And then you get into this horrible mess and it's going to go ahead I mean we heard today that some force India mechanics got caught in the crossfire they weren't like being targeted specifically yeah but really really they weren't being targeted really I mean how often it would almost be better if they had been targeted Mm. the fact that they haven't they just happen to be caught in the crossfire of some like hardcore petrol bombing yeah well if you just happen to be caught in the crossfire how often is that going on even the practice hasn't started yet the mantra that you hear out of Bernie is um, Formula One has no place being political and we're just there to... what about morals? <laughs> yeah. They seem to uh, forget the fact that the Bahraini Sporting Authority is politicising the event. So it has been politicised. Yeah. And and by going there, you're just merely endorsing this whole thing. So, you know, I don't know how stupid they think the public are or the Bahraini people are. <laughs> like, to the idea of unifying a country over their fun race sounds naive beyond belief. Well, the only way they're going to have a completely peaceful race is by thwarting the plight of these people that are going to go out their way to make it unpeaceful. Yeah. So do you think that this could have a lasting negative effect on the sport? Or do you think kind of six months down the line... Everybody will have forgotten because it's. I saw today that there's this kind of cross party thing going on with the MPs in this country calling for the cancellation mm. of this weekend's Grand Prix. Um, you know, it's it's headline news, isn't it? It's been headline news for the past couple of weeks. Yeah, a lot of people who aren't into F1 calling it morally wrong. So, do you think that it'll have kind of a lasting detrimental effect, or do you think that it will just kind of? Well, it, it will if something really bad happens. I'm amazed at how um, none of the major corporate sponsors seem to have an issue with getting into this. Like these yeah. big companies, like I mean, I know morally they're already questionable, like Vodafone, for example. They seem to have no qualms about putting their logos on cars, driving around a hostile environment where there's massive like human rights kind of infringements going on. I'm surprised no one, none of the major players have just put their, their arms up and gone like, we ain't doing this, no way. Mm. But it seems to be money talks, it's rolling on. Don't want to get too serious on the F1 Club podcast, but, <clears throat> but you know, in my view, it's a shame that it's going on. You'd hope that um, human beings that run it could see the human element in the problem. But I suppose that the problem is, is it two strikes and you're out or three strikes and you're out if a Grand Prix gets cancelled by the host? If it happens twice, or it's either twice or three times, then Mm, Grand Prix leaves town, basically. F1 leaves town. Maybe that's a part of it. So I think probably the Bahrainis know that uh, this is sort of a bit of a last chance for them, and having had it cancelled last year, they have to make it happen. And that's why they're just digging their heads in the sand and kind of going, yeah, nothing wrong around here. Yeah, God, I hope nothing bad happens. But on a shallower note, uh, it was always a crap Grand Prix anyway. You know, no one likes that track. So it'll be a win-win, I think, for the people of Bahrain and for Formula One fans in general if it just disappeared. On that note, we're going to have a little break in F1 Club and we'll see you for a uh, Bahraini Grand Prix podcast in a little over a week, maybe. Yay! Hang on till then. Bye! Bye. (laughs) 
Lots of cars driving fast, speeding round the track Nobody beeps cause he ain't got horns, but ain't got ties that fall apart At least they've got the F1 club to cheer them 